You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Before we get to today's episode, we want to take you behind the scenes a little bit at the Five Reasons Sports Network. There's been a lot of things going on. We've now got 13 podcasts, so there's stuff going on that you hear about. What you don't hear about is that my co-host now has been dabbling a little bit in gambling. So before we get to today's episode, Chris Whittingham, who, uh, Chris, are you busy or on the site right now? Do you have some time? Hold, hold on one second. I'm just placing a bet on Europa League soccer. Give me one second and, and, and then we can get to this ad. You're the only one, by the way. You're, you're, I, I, don't know, I don't know who you're betting against. I didn't realize that. But look, bet DSI, you can bet on everything. Right, Chris? Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I was just looking at the schedule. Any possible sporting event that you could imagine is available to bet on BetDSI, which is a new sponsor of us here at the Five Reasons Sports Network. But most importantly, it's here ahead of football season. So test that pigskin knowledge at BetDSI.com for the college football, for the professional football and most importantly, if you join with us right now and use the promo code REASON101, that's REASON101, you can deposit to start winning and get up to $2,500 free, doubling your money on your initial deposit. I got my money double on my initial deposit, and now I'm having fun with BetDSI.com. So when it comes to football, BetDSI has every wager. When it comes to soccer, I can guarantee you that it is every wager you can possibly imagine. NFL, college football, baseball, basketball, UFC, esports, all over the world. It can even bet on politics, celebrities, and reality shows. I got to get on that. I, I, I didn't see that on the site. I didn't get on betting on reality shows. So check out games live as well. They've got live betting going on. BetDSI.com. Again, use the promo code Reason 101 to get your initial deposit matched and get paid and start betting today. And I know, Chris, that you bet the under on the heat. And now, on to the episode. Welcome into another edition of the Five Reasons Podcast. My name is Chris Whittingham, joined as always by Ethan Skolnick. You want to check out our episodes from earlier in the week on the Miami Dolphins after their run through the preseason with their starters and how they looked and what are the major talking points leaving that. And then our episode with Cam Underwood previewing UM at LSU this weekend. But Ethan, we just brought in a new sponsor, and that is BetDSI. We told you about that in the open. And so we wanted to do a gambling theme episode. And so we're joined now by Kevin Rogers of Vegas Insider to run through some NFL over-unders. K-Rodge, thanks for the time. Chris, Ethan, good to talk to you guys. And football's finally here after all this long summer that we've suffered through. Yes, it is It is very much a suffering before we get to the NFL season. So we're going to run through the Dolphins over-under first. Then we're going to get to K. Rogers' picks and then run through a few other interesting over-unders from around the NFL. But let's start, K. Raj, with the Miami Dolphins. They're over-under, depending on where you look, is six or on bet DSI, is at six and a half. How do you see this one? I'm going under, and this is not just a reaction to the preseason and how bad they've looked in the preseason because we've seen a lot of teams 
it feels like pack it in, in in the preseason so far. So this is not looking at that because nobody looks at it that way. The Browns were 4-0 in the preseason last year and didn't win a game. So that's not the reason. I just look at this team under Adam Gase, and last year I could throw them a mulligan because they had the hurricane at the beginning of the season, messed up their entire year. Tannehill was hurt. They had to play 16 straight weeks. So I get that last year they had a lot of things go against them, and 6-10 and was their record. But going back to two years ago, when they went 10-6, and six, they had so many fortunate breaks that year. They beat the Rams when they shouldn't have won that game. They had a tough game against San Francisco. They probably should have lost. They came back and beat the Chargers at the end. They just had a lot of games that went their way. And I think that this is a team that is probably around the five or six win area. I mean, early on in the schedule, when you look at it, Tennessee, not easy. The Jets, who knows how good Sam Darnold can be. The Raiders coming down here won't be easy. And then New England. I mean, so you have a, a tough first month out of the gate. I can't see them being better than two and two. I won't run through the entire schedule, but they get the NFC North, which isn't easy. Going to Green Bay, going to Minnesota. I just, I can't see where this team is going to win seven games. I just really can't because you're expecting Ryan Tannehill to be very good to win at least seven games. And two years ago, he played well. I just don't really see where this team is going to be around the 500 mark. Here's where I disagree with you a little bit, K-Raj. And I understand the schedule, though I didn't think it was that daunting when I first looked at it. But I come back to this. Um, whatever you think Tannehill is, whether he's elite, whether he's somewhere between 11 and 20, whether he's somebody they should be actually giving competition to, which is something I've said here for the past three years, the reality is this. He's better than Jay Cutler. He's a lot better than Jay Cutler. <laughs> and they won... They won six games with Jay Cutler, and I just don't see anything that they've lost this offseason that makes me think that the rest of the team is going to be that much worse. I mean, and Dominican Sue, yeah, he was a very, very effective player for them. They weren't good against the run to begin with, um, even with him in there. I think that's as much a scheme thing as anything else. If they can fix some of that, they'll be better. Their linebacker situation last year was pitiful. Now, I don't know that Raquan McMillan is ready to be a star, but he's got to be better than some of what they threw in there last season. They've added Minka Fitzpatrick, who I think is going to be a legitimate starter from the very beginning. And I do think is going to be a star within three years. They have not had a tight end other than one year of Charles Clay for the past 10 years. And they have a guy now who I think is going to be a 50 catch guy as a rookie and maybe catch six to eight touchdowns. And Landry, I think to a certain extent, it's addition by subtraction. Look, I, I liked him as a player, but I thought Tannehill was too reliant upon him. You can't do much worse than getting about 8.5 yards per reception. I think spreading the ball out to more guys who are more dynamic is a plus for them. And I think the offensive line is going to be better, Kevin, because look, you just couldn't count on Pouncey. So even if he was playing at a high level, which was not all that often, you didn't know if he was going to be in there week to week. I think having Sitton in there every week at left guard is having is better than having Pouncey in there for six to eight games at center. And I also think Tunsil is going to be better having a, an accomplished player next to him. So no, do I think this is a playoff team? I don't. But when we're looking at a number at six and a half, we're saying they won six last year with a guy who basically should have been smoking cigarettes as he was out on the field. I don't see how they can be worse, Kevin. That, that, that's why I would go slightly over here. You make a lot of good points, Ethan. I mean, look, I agree with getting rid of some of the guys that didn't want to be here, that it felt like Sue pretty much was done here. Landry, we know, was done here. Pouncey was probably done here. So I'm not saying that this team needs those guys because they probably don't want to be here and let them move on and, and, and go from there. But I guess I look at just the last two seasons with Adam Gase here that 
yes, it's great. They found a way to win a lot of games. They did that last year. They did that two years ago. But even when I look back at last year, and I know we're playing the should have, would have, could have game. I know that you can do that. But Chargers game, should have lost. The Tennessee game, they had that Rashad Jones defensive touchdown. They won by six. The Atlanta game, they had no business winning. They came back and won that game. The Jets, they beat by three. And the only really convincing game they won was against Denver late in the season. And Denver was terrible offensively. And they had the nice Monday night win against New England late in the year. And we know the Patriots sometimes in December down here just pack it in. And I'm not trying to make the Dolphins out to be a 2-14 and 14 team because they're not that. But I just look at that they don't have a lot of convincing wins. But boy, did they get blown out in games. When they had the Carolina game on the Monday night, they got run all over. The Baltimore game, they got trounced in. And I know that Baltimore had a few defensive touchdowns. In that game, I feel like they don't lose close games. They win close games and they get blown out if they lose. And they don't really have a lot of convincing wins. And in this division where we know the Patriots have won the division before the season started, you're playing the Jets and the Bills, two teams, assuming Josh Allen starts for Buffalo with rookie quarterbacks, you would hope to win three of those four, but they've had problems with Buffalo. They've had problems with the Jets that. You know, even the Jets game last year, they should have been shut out. They scored a BS touchdown at the end of that game to not get shut out. So I get Tannehill coming back is an upgrade from Cutler. I'm not disputing that. And they got screwed because because, uh, Tannehill didn't play last year. I just don't see where this team is that dynamic, especially with the schedule, to get to six or seven wins. I think it's going to be asking a lot for them. Yeah, I would say from the start of the season, you're looking at the schedule and you're saying you're not winning at Green Bay, you're not winning at Minnesota, and you're not winning at New England, in my opinion. I think all the other 13 games are in play, which is why I think they can get to seven. I think they can get to seven wins, maybe eight, because as much as you're saying that they got blown up by the Jets last year, it still is the weakest division to play in. The Jets and the Bills are also, their they're over-under is actually lower than Miami's uh, at six as opposed to six and a half. The NFL writ large, the, the, the betting public, views the three teams in the AFC East that aren't the Patriots to be three of the worst teams in the league. And while if you're the Bills, you're looking at the games against the Dolphins and saying those are the games we have to win – I think the Dolphins are kind of looking at the games in the division and saying the same thing. So you get four games against two against two of the weakest teams in the league, and then you're home with the Bears, and you're you're at the Bengals, who I don't know how good they're going to be. You're at the Colts. I don't I don't I don't believe very much in the Colts, and so there are some games in there that I think you can talk yourself into to getting to seven. That's all this has to be. I think this is a seven and nine team this year, and I think they're going to do just enough to hit the over. There's definitely a lot of toss ups. I mean, there's sure. no question. You got Chicago and Detroit on back-to-backs. We don't know what kind of teams they're going to be. You have new, new coaches with those teams. And you mentioned, Chris, with the Jets and the Bills, with the quarterback situation where, yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold, we have no idea what he's going to be. We have no idea what Josh Allen, if he starts, is going to be in Buffalo. And, and I mean, I hate to say this, but they were a playoff team last year. No matter how they got in, Buffalo was still – a playoff team and they still hung with Jacksonville for most of that game before losing. So they've done enough to prove that they're somewhat decent. Are they better than the Dolphins? I don't know better. I think all those teams are kind of the same, but you know, at the same time, I just don't, you know, there's a lot of toss up games. You mentioned three definitive losses. I just don't see any definitive wins on the schedule where I say, okay, this game is a win, this game is a win, okay, these are toss-ups and these are losses. I see three losses out of the gate, 
and I see 13 games that could go either way. And yeah, if they went seven and six in those games, great. If they went, uh, you know, nine and four in those games, great and lost the other three. But I just don't really see where mm-hmm. you have a game on the schedule like, yeah, they're beating Oakland. Yeah, they're beating Detroit. I don't know in those games because this team is so off the wall that we don't know what we're going to get from them every week. I, I think we can all agree, though, that the one guaranteed win, home with the Patriots, December 9th. I, I think oh, we, yes. can, I think we yeah. can both agree that they're definitely winning that game. They, they always win that game. That's, that's definitely a W on the schedule. I mean, my, my thing about it, though, uh, K-Raj, is, is that seasons the one thing i do agree with you on is if they get off to a bad start games that you think are winnable later in the season become unwinnable because the team starts to fall apart and and i've seen that happen with numerous teams over the years and i just wonder if this team does get off to a bad start and there's a feeling that gase is starting to lose it a little bit how that affects the rest of the schedule so i think we talk about those first three they need to get one or two of those first three I think just to set a tone for the rest of the season and what plays out from there. There are other concerns that Chris and I raised on our last Dolphins pod that we did that are sort of variables here, like the the kicking situation um, could cost them a game or two earlier in the year that can put them in a bad position. We saw that happen with the Chargers last year, and they spent the whole year trying to make it up. So I, I think they have a lot of variables, but I just keep coming back to this. The quarterback that they have this year, as long as he's healthy, because if he goes out, that's a disaster. But as long as he's healthy, is better than what they threw out there last season. And so I've got to think they're going to be more competitive. I have them at 7 or 8. I know it's not a lot above 6, 6.5, but I think that they can get there. Now, to you, other than Tannehill, uh, K-Raj, what is the single biggest thing on this roster that needs to happen for you to feel like they could be an over team. I think they need to get the running game going, and they've had so many issues with it that if Kenyon Drake can be the guy, and we saw flashes of it last year after he was given the opportunity when Jay Ajayi got traded to the Eagles, that if Kenyon Drake can can be that guy, and, and I know that this is a passing league and, and that a lot of teams don't depend on the running backs, but you also can't abandon the running game either. That if he could end up being, you know, close to a thousand yard rusher I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off Tannehill and look Ethan I'm one of these people we have all them in the media and all the fans of either you love Tannehill or you hate Tannehill it kind of feels that way that nobody's really in the middle I don't love him but also I don't look at him as garbage either I see he's got potential two years ago we saw that potential it was too bad that he got hurt late in the year that we couldn't see him start a playoff game that Matt Moore started that playoff game against the Steelers and frankly Tannehill starts so they probably lose anyway but regardless that I want to see what Tannehill can do because when people say, oh, you need to get rid of Tannehill, I say, who do you have to replace him? Who are you going to bring? David Fales is going to be the guy. Jake Cutler is going to be the guy. They had to bring Jake Cutler off the street in there. And he was disinterested and and he just didn't put up great numbers. I believe that Tannehill can be good. I just don't know if the consistency of this team, if they could put it all together for a whole season, if Gase is losing them, I don't know because it seems like with the guys that left – that they weren't fans of Gase. So who knows who's a fan of Gase that's inside the locker room if they were just malcontents that had to go. So I just think that this is a team, if they can find a way to put it together, they're still going to be competitive. That's the one thing about the Dolphins. They will be a competitive team. It's just about can they find a way to win those games when it gets close, to win those close games that they have done with Gase and find a way to get to seven, eight, nine wins because we know they're not going to win the division. Their only shot at going to the playoffs is through the wild card. 
We'll get back to the episode here in a second with K-Raj, but I want to tell you about what we're going to be doing on Sunday night. The Five Reasons sports hosts are going to be at Uncle Al's Cafe in Sunrise. This is the new Uncle Al's Cafe. It's on the corner of Sunrise and Knob Hill in the Doris Italian Market shopping center it's our second ever watch party our first one was a huge hit and we're going to be there for the canes and lsu we'll start getting there at about 6 45 7 o'clock we will be there all night we're going to fill the place we've got drink specials orange and green we've got beer specials 13 dollars for domestic buckets 18 dollars for import buckets also we're giving away a 50 inch television courtesy of another of our new sponsors seltzer mayberg the law firm down here in the Miami area. So come check us out, Uncle Al's Cafe in Sunrise. Again, that's on Sunset Strip. Don't go to the other one. Well, you can hang out there, but then come to us afterwards. Uncle Al's Cafe in Sunrise, Canes, LSU. And now, back to K-Raj. All right, K-Raj, let's get to your picks. Again, Kevin Rogers with us here on Five Reasons. Check him on Twitter, at VI Rogers, and hear him locally as well on 560 WQAM. So let's start first. You've got four for us today. We'll begin with the Chicago Bears. The bet DSI line on them is over under six and a half victories for Chicago. I'm going to take a shot with them on the over here, and I'll tell you why. I'll look really quick, at least at the beginning of the schedule. I know they go to Green Bay, and that's going to be a tough one. They get Seattle at home, and Seattle has dropped off majorly. Past Russell Wilson, they've had a lot of guys depart. They've had holdouts. Seattle's reign could be over right now. Seattle at Arizona and then Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston coming off the three-game suspension, that the Bears, if they could steal two there, and all we're asking them to do is win seven, if they could get two and two out of the gate before the bye, they come down here to play the Dolphins, other toss-up game, and then late in the season, you know, the Bears with Detroit, they could split those two. I mean, even beating Minnesota at home, I don't think is completely insane that I'm really curious about the Vikings this year with Kirk Cousins now as the quarterback, if they could still keep up what they had last year. I just think that with Mitchell Trubisky, if he could take that next step, Matt Nagy, uh, a nice offensive coach coming out of Kansas City, that if he can find a way to get the offense somewhat clicking, that the Bears, who I know they weren't great last year, they showed some flashes at times. I think that winning seven games in that NFC North, I don't think that's that crazy. I'm with you, and I'm really hoping that the Bears end up becoming a new entertaining team. I don't feel like there's enough teams where you're sitting on on your couch on a Sunday and, oh, the Chicago Bears are in the red zone. Like I, I, I feel like it's been a pretty jury from them for a long time. And based off the new head coach, based off the new coordinator, Mark Helfritz, that they're bringing in from college football, it feels like they're kind of going to be the most revolutionary team in terms of bringing college football offense to the NFL for real. Chip Kelly kind of did it, but never did it with a running quarterback. I think that they're ready to really change the way that offense is played in the league. And I'm really, I'm, I'm hoping that they end up becoming entertaining, if not a, a successful team. But I think six and a half isn't that crazy of, 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 a, of a theory for me for them going over. And I would have them over too. I, and to me, it's it, it really does point to Trubisky um, because I think we've seen enough flashes from him that you can see the potential. You can see what they liked. I know they got killed for trading all those draft picks to move up and get him. Um, but he clearly has a lot, a lot of the physical tools. And I was kind of impressed with his pocket presence too, when he was out there, like, I feel like he knows what he was doing, what he's doing. Like one of the issues we've had with Tannehill, and I know you say, K Raj, you're kind of in the middle on him is that sometimes the instincts don't feel like they're there for him. And I know maybe 
that has to do with the fact that he didn't play the position uh, growing up. But Trubisky seems to have those instincts in terms of when to slide in the pocket, uh, when to dump it down, when, when to go for the bigger play. And I do think kind of with what they're trying to do offensively, I could see them being a seven or eight win team. Uh, you know, you also look at the rest of that division. The Vikings, you, know, you mentioned them, people are projecting them to be as good or better because the defense looks relatively intact and now you're bringing in Cousins. But we have seen teams that take the kind of jump that they took last year, take a bit of a step back. They may be a little bit more vulnerable. Um, and I don't really like Detroit this year at all. Uh, I, I, I just I don't like the mix there. Um, I, I don't feel like they've gotten better in enough of the areas that they need to get better. So I could see the Bears finishing ahead of Detroit in that division. And then with Green Bay, it's all about whether Rodgers stays healthy. But um, but but I could see the Bears getting to seven or eight wins this year. Yeah, and this is a team that lost three games by three points or less, and Trubisky didn't even start the season. So now that he's gotten the season, that he'll be the starter in week number one. And I agree with you totally on Minnesota, that these teams that get that far and they get that opportunity, and, and look, we all know they probably should have lost to the Saints in the second round last year. They needed a miracle play to get to the NFC Championship. They still got blown out by a back quarterback the next week. That, you know, the Vikings get Dalvin Cook back. They We'll see what Kirk Cousins has. They definitely have upgrades to those positions, but you know, is that going to mess things up a little bit where Case Keenum was a game manager, and that's kind of what they needed, that now they need a guy like Cousins who can throw for 4,000 yards, but is that right for them? So those are the question marks of Minnesota. I'm not saying Minnesota's going to be a last-place team, but I don't think the Vikings will be as unstoppable as they were last year. All right, K-Raj, next up, Washington. What do you got? The Redskins are at six and a half in this NFC East, which we can never figure out who the best team is that are the Giants going to be better or the Cowboys going to be better. We know the Eagles will still be very good. I think the Redskins go under six and a half. And Alex Smith is brought in now as the quarterback to replace Kirk Cousins. And Darius Geis is supposed to be the running back of the future. He's now out for the season with the ACL tear. They signed Adrian Peterson. I just look at their schedule, and this is a team that won one division game last year. They get the AFC South, which in years past seemed very difficult. But, you know, now at the end of the year, they go to Jacksonville and Tennessee in back-to-back weeks. They actually have a stretch of four or five games uh, at Dallas, at Philly, at Jacksonville, at Tennessee, with the Giants wedged in the middle there at home. So that's asking a lot towards the end of the season if they have four wins maybe to get to six or actually get to seven in this case. They also go to New Orleans. Tampa Bay won't be easy. They get Green Bay at home. They get Carolina at home. I just think the schedule is too tough. And Alex Smith is not that kind of quarterback that can air it out down the field. It's going to throw for 400 yards. He's not going to make mistakes. But I just don't see where the Redskins have a lot offensively that's really going to scare a lot of teams. And they've been pretty average under Jay Gruden all these years. I think this is the year that they finally – take that step back where maybe Dallas takes that step up. Maybe, I mean, the Giants have to be better this year than last year. So I think the Redskins may be that lone man out in that division to finish under. Yeah. You know, when I look at this division, um, I base everything on the Giants, uh, Kevin. I I think the Giants are going to be much better, much, much better. I mean, what they dealt with last season where it wasn't just their top receiver, who is an elite receiver who wasn't in there, but they didn't have their number two or number three receivers also. And they have a quarterback who needs that. At this stage, they've added an elite running back prospect um, who, who I think is going to be absolutely dynamic in the pros. I, I like enough of their defense. They've had some internal issues that I think they worked out over the course of last season. Um, I do think that the coaching change is going to help them. Like, I think the Giants are going to be a plus 500 team this year. Like, I think they're going to go from three 
to nine or 10. And I think if that happens, then yes, Washington's going to bottom out to a degree because even if the, the Eagles take a step back and you mentioned it, Washington was one and five in the division last year. You had two teams in the division that were five and one. And you had two teams in the division that were one and five. I think the Giants are going to steal a couple of those division games this year. Maybe the Eagles come back to earth. Um, I don't really love the Cowboys mix right now. I could absolutely see the Giants being the second best team in that division and Washington and uh, Dallas Dallas probably third, Washington fourth, probably around six wins. So I'm going to go slightly under also. I'm a bit surprised you guys are this negative on Washington because I, I just kind of view their move at quarterback as a ladder. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Remove. And I, I kind of think that this is just, you know, another 500 team, another, you know, kind of halfway decent team in the NFC. Obviously, the, you know, playing in the NFC. I think in the AFC, this is probably definitely an eight or nine win team. But in the NFC, it might be a little bit harder. I, I just don't see where they've dropped off this much. I think they're kind of basically the same team as a year ago, and they have a requisite amount of talent. And I, I think Washington's going to be decent. I, I think in that division, you get to play the Giants. I, I'm not as optimistic on the Giants. I, I wonder if it wasn't just that Odell Beckham got injured, that it was indeed the end for Eli Manning. I wonder if Dallas just has had a significant drop-off in talent. You look at the receiver position, they're never really that talented on defense either. How great is Dak Prescott really? They've got a ridiculous number of injuries in the offensive line. I just, I think just based off their division and, the, and Alex Smith being at the very least the same as Kirk Cousins, I think they'll be a seven-win team. Yeah, and uh, this NFC East, Philadelphia, we still don't even know how healthy Carson Wentz is, that, uh, you know, if he's going to be as effective as he was last year. So this division is kind of up for grabs. And, I mean, the Redskins are just there. You know, they're, I almost feel like they're, they're almost trying to see the, the NFC equivalent of the Dolphins, that they're just kind of there, that they're going to be competitive, they're going to be all right, but they're really not going to take that next step forward, and especially in the more I don't want to say difficult NFC, but uh, you have a lot more teams that are, are playoff ready teams, I think, than the AFC because you have your stalwarts in the AFC, but the NFC you have a lot more where the Redskins are just going to lag behind. And, you know, we, we've seen so many of these teams, guys, that are in this five, six, seven win window that really, how far off are they? Are you that much worse at five wins than seven wins? You know, you can win a few games at the end of the season to bulk up your record, but really, you know, when you look at it, you're probably a five and eleven team, not a seven and nine team. I just think that Washington is in that range of five or six wins. Where, yeah, they'll hang around, they'll steal a couple, but in the end, I think that their their schedule will just be too much to get over. All right, K. Raj, next up for you, the Chiefs. The Chiefs now will transition from Alex Smith's new team to his former team, and Pat Mahomes is the quarterback. He's the guy that Andy Reid wants, and. I mean, again, I don't want to just play the schedule game, but, you know, right out of the shoot, your first six games, guys, for Kansas City, at the Chargers, at Pittsburgh, the Niners at home, at Denver, Jacksonville at home, at New England. I mean, that is brutal, right out of the gate. Four road games and your two home games are against a, an up-and-coming San Francisco team and a Jacksonville team that was a couple quarters away from going to the Super Bowl last year. 
and they've had problems with the Steelers over this over the years. I just think that this schedule is just so unforgiving right out of the gate that it's going to be hard for Pat Mahomes, I think, to be, you know, and it's a different quarterback than Alex Smith. So this is a whole different thing, what they are dealing with in Kansas City. And they got off to that great start last year, beating the two Super Bowl participants in the Patriots and the Eagles. But then it kind of felt, it felt like they just dropped off or they had some really questionable losses in November, losing to the Giants on the road, losing to the Bills, losing to the Jets. And you're saying like, what is, which team is this? Is this the team that beat the Patriots or is this the team that's losing to the Giants and the Jets? That the Chiefs at eight, this division where yes, Oakland is a question mark with John Gruden that we'll see if he can get them back to what they were that the Broncos still have some work to do, I think, and the quarterback situation is obviously a question mark. And the Chargers, who played really well at the end of last year after a horrible start, and they still have Phillip Rivers, who's still going to keep them in games, that the Chiefs will probably hang around. They could probably push at 8-8, eight and eight, but I think what's all said and done after a couple of 10-win seasons, I think this is the time where they maybe go 7-9. and nine. Yeah, when I look at them, I look again at the rest of the division because I think it always starts there for teams, and I just think Oakland's going to be a lot better than they were last season if you can just simply count on Carr to stay healthy. And I think the Chargers, what they found in the second half of last season, and when you look at some of the deeper metrics on the Chargers, uh, they were a lot better than their record. I mean, they lost basically three games because of their kicker. And and I, I think, you know, you can count on that to turn around a certain degree. I still think Rivers has something left. So with those two teams, I, I think being better, I think it, it becomes harder for Kansas City. I also think we saw Hunt wear down a little bit as the season went on last year. He was not as effective late in the year as he was early. And it does take time to break in what is essentially a rookie quarterback. I know Mahomes got a little bit of action last year. My only hedge on this, K-Raj, is that the one thing that Andy Reid does know is how to get the best out of quarterbacks. And, and that part of, I think, why I'm okay with your pick about going under with the Redskins is because I don't know, because I'm not as big a Jay Gruden fan as I am an Andy Reid fan, at least in that area. And I don't know if Alex Smith's going to play at quite the same level in Washington that he did at times in Kansas City. And for that reason, I also think that Mahomes may get ready faster than he would somewhere else. I mean, the record for Andy Reid with quarterbacks is, is pretty damn good, actually. And so... That's my only hedge on this, but I think the other points that you're making all make sense. I love. I, I just want to say I love Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be an amazing NFL quarterback. I think he's going to tie. I feel like all I've said is over. I, at some point, I'm, I'm going to have to go under on one of these, but I absolutely love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's next Aaron Rodgers. I really do, and not, not in terms of he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks ever, but he's going to be the guy that was you know behind a quarterback that didn't really make – now, being behind Brett Favre is no insult as opposed to being behind Alex Smith. But I just think that Patrick Mahomes is the guy that everyone who's around the Chiefs goes, oh, man, he was incredible in practice, and we had to figure out a way. Whenever, whenever a coach has a quarterback that is regularly taking him to the playoffs and saying, nah, we don't need you because we've got a guy behind him that we believe in, that dude's going to be good. And I, I, I just feel that way about Patrick Mahomes, especially, like you said, Ethan, with the way that Andy Reid's good with quarterbacks. I'm going over on Kansas City just because I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to be in terms of numbers, one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league, but you're going to watch him every week and go, holy crap, this guy is a legit quarterback. And I, I don't think Kansas City makes that move unless they really believe in him. And so I really believe in him. I'm going over on Kansas City. He'll be good eventually. 
Mm-hmm. I think he'll be good eventually, but at the same time, I just don't know this where this division, this early schedule is really going to uh, showcase him. I think that, you know, he's got the arm. We saw that throw against the Falcons. Like, we know he's got the arm, and he threw a lot in college, and we put up great numbers at Texas Tech. Like, that we all know, but I just don't know if now if, if they're going to do that. But eventually, yeah, I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. It would be nice if the Dolphins once had that situation where they had to clear <laughs> out a starter because the backup was so good instead of bringing in guys who are really third and fourth string quarterbacks uh, so that the, the top guy doesn't feel challenged. That would, that would be a nice uh, <laughs> strategy for the Dolphins to have, but that's another podcast altogether. Hey, this is Gary and Thorne, host of Fantasy on 5 on the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Draft season is growing ever closer on the fantasy football calendar, and we are preparing you twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, for those big drafts. If you weren't listening to the show this week, here's what you missed. Jackson is is a complete bust. He's a fade. I wouldn't even think about him. He's one of those guys that I would only play in DFS and maybe take a flyer in a standard league if he continued to drop down the board come draft day. I want the upside and the young, fresh, talented Godwin who's got some hands. Again, check out Fantasy on 5 with myself and David Ganos every Tuesday and Thursday on the 5 Reasons Sports Network. All right, your next one here, K-Raj. The Colts, um, they are at 7.5 at most of the books. Andrew Luck is back. What do you like? You know, I don't want to sound like Colin Coward here and say, well, Andrew Luck's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But it's obvious that when Andrew Luck is healthy, this Colts team is a different team. And I know I'm really, like, breaking down uh, major news there. But, you know, when you look at Luck back in 14, this was a team that got to the AFC Championship. And when you look back in 2012, he got them to the playoffs. And 2013, he got them to the playoffs. Last few years, he's been hurt. Look at what's happened to this team. You bring in Frank. I think Chuck Pagano, I think he was just done. I think that it didn't work out. And not to rip the guy, but when Bruce Arians took over as the head coach for Pagano when he was sick, they were winning with with Arians. And they got him the Arizona job, and he did a nice job in Arizona. But Pagano just didn't really do much. He seemed like too much of a rah-rah guy. But in the end, like it, it, it was just kind of empty. So now you have Frank Reich as the coach. Frank Reich, who was with Buffalo all those years, engineered that great comeback against the Oilers in the playoffs, now was an offensive coordinator with the Eagles or a quarterback's coach with the Eagles, and he ends up leading them to the Super Bowl. He gets this opportunity here after Josh McDaniels said no to the Colts after he said yes to no. I think Frank Reich is a really good fit for Andrew Luck to have a quarter, a former quarterback now coaching this guy who's already got a great future. And I mentioned earlier, guys, about the AFC South that yes, it has improved from what it was. It's not the garbage division that it used to be. But, you know, at the same time, when I see what the Colts have, at least early, it's not a very forgiving schedule with four road games in the first six weeks. But Cincinnati, winnable. At Washington, winnable. They go to the Eagle. They got Eagles, Texans, Patriots in three straight weeks, which is not very easy. But, you know what, if they could win one there, Seven and a half is their total. And down the line, they play a lot of home games. They got three straight home games in one stretch in November, which includes the Dolphins. And they get the three division teams at the end on the back end on the road. And then maybe, who knows, maybe Jacksonville drops off. Maybe Houston drops off. Maybe Tennessee drops off. So you get those teams on the road. Maybe you steal one or two of those games. I just think as long as Andrew Luck is healthy, that this is a team that could win eight games the AFC South is so weird every single year you don't know who's going to win it I think this could be the year where the Colts 
at nine and seven, maybe win that division. My only question about this, and I'm with you, I think they go over. I don't think, again, I, I feel like I'm close to the line on all of these, which means Vegas is doing a good job because I feel like they're I'm within. Good. They're generally I, good at this, Ethan. Yeah, I, I figure I'm, <laughs> I'm within like half a win or, or a win on all of these. I, I think they go slightly over. I do think it has something to do with the division, and, and I come back to the same point. When you see teams take jumps like Minnesota and Jacksonville did last year, uh, there usually is a come-back-to-earth situation, and that helps the other teams in that division. And I think when you just look at the standings, I mean, this is one of those things I always say, like, look at the standings 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. So the Patriots are always there. The Steelers are always there. The rest of the teams always change. And, and I just I, I look at the Jaguars situation. They were very healthy on defense last year. Um, I, I don't know really where they're going with Bortles at this stage. Obviously, Fournette's probably going to be better in his second season. I'm not saying the Colts are going to be better than the Jaguars, but I think if they'll have the better quarterback than the Jaguars will, and, and that gives them a chance. And so I think uh, they certainly can compete with them. My only question on this one is that I thought Brissett was pretty good last year. Like, I didn't feel... Like, he wasn't Luck at Luck's best, but I didn't feel like quarterback was their number one issue. It felt to me like a lot of the rest of the roster had hemorrhaged a little bit. Um, they have one elite receiver. I, I don't know that they have a ton of other great options there on the outside at this point. Um, their running game uh, really didn't amount to much. I, so I'm going to say eight. Um so slightly over the seven and a half. And I think that I think a team could win that division with nine this year. Honestly, I, I, I think the Jaguars could come all the way back to nine and seven and still potentially win that division. For me, they're the third best team in the division. I think Houston is going to be the team that ex- is going to experience the upturn based off of having Deshaun Watson healthy. And I, I just I agree with you, Ethan, as, as much as Jacoby Brissett struggled in terms of winning games last year, I think they just have an overall talent problem. And as much as I think Andrew Luck can solve some of that, I do wonder if there, there reaches a certain point where you have enough injuries and enough problems with a body part that you're just going to be an unrecognizable, not the same player. And I wonder if Andrew Luck kind of breached into that territory. I do think that they can still win some games. I still think they might even hit their over, but I, I, I think that Houston's better. I think that Jacksonville's better, and I, I don't, I'm not as optimistic when you consider that. I think they have a multiple-year problem in terms of just restocking their talent. I don't think they have enough talent on their team to really contend in a real way, so I, I still think they might go over. I'm going to lean under, though, and say that the, the, that the Colts go under, and I, I'm not as optimistic about Andrew Luck as you guys are. I think that, I mean assuming luck is healthy, obviously, that looking at the back end of their schedule, when they get five divisional games towards the end, because Houston's the only game in the front end that they get at home, that will know by the time they have the bye in early November what the rest of the division is. That if it's the same as last year, if Deshaun Watson is what he was when he was healthy and Houston is a front runner in the division and Mark, and we even talked about Tennessee and Marcus Mariota and what he can be and they have a new head coach there and you know there's some question marks probably with the titans that if those teams are all kind of average i think the colts can steal a few wins there towards the end and even they get home games with the cowboys and the giants in december where you know the giants you know will see what they are and even dallas that they're so you know all over the place that they don't really play any elite teams and we talked about the dolphins earlier that you can mark off losses I feel like you can with the Colts early at Philadelphia and at New England are potential like losses out of the gate. But towards the end, after their bye week, I think that 
there aren't any definitive losses. That's why I'm going to give them the puncher's chance and go over. We'll get back to K. Raj's over-unders here in a second. But if any of these interest you, you want to go his way, you want to go the other way, you got to check out BetDSI.com, one of the new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And what you've got to do is enter the promo code REASON101. I know we do five reasons here. This is just one reason. REASON101. And what they will do for you is they will double your money up to $2,500. All you got to do is enter that in and you're good to go. So check it out. BetDSI.com. Bet football, bet basketball, bet soccer, bet reality shows, bet anything you want. And bet some of what K-Raj is talking about today. And now back to the episode. Let's get to a few others. Let's get to the teams in the AFC East. Uh, We'll start first with New England. They're at 11. Uh, they're they're a fascinating one for me because I, I I don't mean to sound like overly optimistic Dolphins fan, but Tom Brady's forty one and at at don't a certain point don't he's, do, don't he's, do this he's, don't do he's this he's gonna look like a man don't, in his forties don't don't it has do this. to happen we, Ethan we've been at doing some point this for eight years I know but he's forty one Ethan I, I I think I think push is the right call here for New England because they're playing in such a weak division that I, I, if, if I was to guess, I'd go over just because I think they're going to dominate the division enough. But I think if they played like in the AFC West, that this is like maybe a 10-win team, and I, I think they, they benefit from, the, from their division. I'm not going to be the guy that says that Tom Brady's finally get old this year, but Tom Brady might finally get old this year. I can't do it. I mean, I know in the Super Bowls, you can say certain things that, you know, they probably should have lost some Super Bowls that they won. They probably should have won some Super Bowls they lost. But in the regular season, I mean, it's just year in and year out. This is a team that wins 11, 12 games in their sleep, you know. And you could look back at the Pittsburgh game last year and say they probably should have lost that one at the end with the disputed touchdown. But, you know, for the most part, look, inside the division, they're winning at least five. I mean, you could say right out of the gate they're winning five. Then they get the NFC North, and they get Green Bay and Minnesota at home. So there's the luck right there of the schedule that they get the top two teams in the NFC North both at home. They get the Chiefs at home. They get the Texans at home. And really, their only tough road game, besides the Dolphins on December 9th, is uh, the Steelers on December the 16th the following week. So they get Pittsburgh again, which is not going to be easy. And you know what? They get Jacksonville week two. I think they'll blow them out. I think after what happened in the AFC Championship that they struggled, I think they'll be prepared for that game. And New England will probably win 12. And it, and it feels like losing four games, you know, for the Patriots is, is some kind of major accomplishment for them. But I just can't see where – and I know I don't like taking over on high totals, but find me four losses on that schedule, you know, or find me more than four losses. I don't know if you can. See, my biggest thing – yeah, they're going to be push or over. Um, they may be push, but they're not going to be under because the division. They're, they're not, and we're going to get to the other two teams in the division here in a second. But, I mean, they feast on young quarterbacks just traditionally, and they've, they're going to play – at least three games, maybe four games, uh, depending on when the Bills and Jets officially go to Darnold and Allen. They're they're going to play three or four games against rookie quarterbacks, and and so I I'm penciling them in for five and one in the division because as Chris says, they'll lose down here because uh, they always lose down here, <laughs> and and so 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 I you know you're they're five and one in the division. So I mean, really, all you need to get to eleven is to find six other wins, right? And their other ten games. It doesn't even matter who's on the roster at this point. I mean, I mean, Bill Belichick basically decided to lose the Super Bowl last year by not playing Malcolm Butler, which is what lost them the Super Bowl last year. Um, and it's like he'll just plug in somebody else this season. And 
Gronk will get hurt and miss eight games. And they dumped Brandon Cooks after one season. Doesn't matter. They brought in another white receiver, uh, Eric Decker. I mean, they just did an assembly line of those. Um, and he'll end up catching 45 passes. So they won't miss Amendola. It's just, this is what they do. They, they trade guys. They shuffle other guys in. And I'm, I'm with you um, big time, Kevin, on that Jacksonville game. They're going to destroy the Jaguars in that game. I mean, whenever Belichick has a whole offseason, think about why he didn't beat them by 30 the last time. They're going to destroy Jacksonville in that game. So I, I'm going to say they probably win 11, but I'm going to go over, say we'll get them to 12. I just think the division is too weak. All right, let's get speaking of the division. Let's get to the other two teams in it. They're both at six. Uh, Kevin, so let's close with this. Of the Bills and the Jets, which of those teams is more likely to go over? You know what? Even though I said Buffalo, this was a playoff team last year, I'm going to buy into Darnold. I'm, I'm going to buy into them, even though they've had uh, back-to-back 5-11 and 11 seasons and Buffalo has been a lot more competitive than the Jets have been. I'll, I'll buy into Darnold. I will. And, and think that they have a shot to be at least a little more competitive, maybe win six or seven games. And, you know, they, they get at least Green Bay at home. They have to, and they get Minnesota at home too. So they get, so like New England, they get both the Packers and the Vikings at home. So at least you have a shot in those games and you avoid that automatic loss. They get New England at the end on the road in the final game of the season. So if that's a throwaway, fine. But I just think the Jets with Darnold, I'm going to buy into him. I'll buy into him more than I will with Josh Allen. I agree. I'm definitely much more in on the New York Jets than I am on the Bills. I, I'm not a huge fan of Josh Allen as a prospect, and I think, as like you said, they made the playoffs last year, but that was almost kind of unintentional. They didn't mean to. I, I think they want to be more a team that's you know a, a trying to rebuild and and trying to kind of start anew as a franchise and. I'm I'm just not a believer in Buffalo, whereas the Jets, I mean, we saw it yesterday when they made the trade for Teddy Bridgewater. They get a third-round pick for a guy that they sort of gave $6 million that they had lying around in free agency. I, I it's, This is going to sound weird to say, I think the Jets are well-run now. I think they're an organization that knows what they're doing, and I think that translates onto the field. I really do. I think once you kind of figure yourself out, for, you figure yourself out from an organizational point of view, I think things start to change, and I believe much more where the Jets are going than where Buffalo is, and, and maybe uh, and maybe even Miami too, which is kind of sad to say, but I, I that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, well, again, the question with the Dolphins is are they getting squeezed from both sides in this division, right? So we'll end this where we clo- where we where we started, but I mean, they they've got a team they can't catch uh, in the Patriots, no matter what they try to do. And uh, again, until Brady officially moves on, and now that there isn't the protection of a Garoppolo or a Brissett or somebody like that behind him, and then they've got two teams that are starting the rebuilds uh, with with young quarterbacks, and and the Dolphins are you know in year six now with a guy who I think we all agree is okay, um, but but probably the upside, maybe we think he's a little better than okay at times, but um, the upside may not be where the Bills, I, I don't really like the Bills prospect, but a lot of people think he has upside, and clearly the Jets prospect has upside. So Dolphins are kind of caught in the middle here a little bit. I feel like we're talking about the heat because I, I feel like this is kind of where those two teams are right now, but um, I'm of those two, um, I will also go with the Jets. I, I, I think that uh, I think they could get two, seven or eight this year. I think the Bills, probably that number at six um, is accurate. So just to go over what K-Raj likes here, uh, he likes Dolphins under six and a half, Bears over six and a half, Redskins under six and a half, Chiefs under eight, the Colts plus 7.5, um, and then the Patriots to go over 11, 
and likes the Jets better than the Bills to go over six. You can find him at Vegas Insider, also at, at VI Rogers on Twitter. Hopefully, we'll have K Raj on our show uh, here in the future. And as we talked about earlier in the program here, make sure to type in the code Reason101 when you're over at Bet. DSI. We'll have a lot more information about that, but it's a great deal for everybody and you will hear them all over our network. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey, I'm Josh Appel. And I'm Billy O'Rourke. And we are the hosts of Five Reasons Sports Network's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Mark your territory where we bring you the hard-hitting well, wrestling. No, well, not, no, we don't want to. It's not too hard-hitting because you don't want to hurt the other guy. It's more of a dance we're trying to do here. We're trying to keep it. Protect, protect the other guy. Yeah, you want to protect okay, the other so guy. Okay, so maybe we'll go more in-depth. Yeah, that's good. That's better. Mark your territory. Five Reasons Sports Network's Pro Wrestling Podcast with the most in-depth wrestling talk you'll find. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.